The other question actually was at the South County map around Watsonville. You mentioned that there was a route that would get people to the county facility. I assume you meant the new Westridge facility that we're opening up off of Green Valley. So would that be the 72 or 75? I mean, right here. Right. Um, the, county the, there's the county office is there on that cul-de-sac off of Harkinsloo um, that has some social services in it. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm seeing Main Street in the in the highway. So, I mean, because the the facility is ultimately north of the highway. We're talking about different things. Then. Yeah. Okay. Seventy-eight. It is still north yeah. of Highway One. Highway One is over. Right. That's what was throwing me for a loop. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Seventy-eight to Westridge. Great. Um, and then the final question is, I mean, I see in our, um, so phase one does require a little bit more money, as you said. Uh, I think the packet outlines about $2 million more per year. Is that right? And then um, that would be coming out of the, as you said, the sort of plus up from state money that we've seen in this budget cycle. Um, can you just, you know, for transparency with the board, remind us how much total is available? Um, and then we're using that $2 million. I think the suggestion is over the next four years, you know, how much that that uses up yeah and I think John was costing out phase one literally just getting all the details in order on on the actual cost of phase one so John if you've got a, a latest on that it's about a seven percent increase uh, over pre-covid levels let's say so it is an increase in operations but one tricky thing about it is we don't know the we don't know the full cost until we actually design the service. It, we know how much revenue hours we will project increasing, but the actual cost is measured in really the number of bus operators that are required to operate the service. But we think it's about a 5 to 7%. And so, yeah, the idea was it's hopefully mostly cost neutral, but any overrun that we are being conservative, 1.5 to 2 million uh, in, in operating expense per year, could be drawn from the, the one-time tercet money, which is... Uh, the plus up, which is $28 million, uh, to be spent over four years. Okay, so of the $28 million, we're, we're roughly saying it's likely we might need, we, we could need to spend up to $8 million of that to provide for phase one increased service at this time. Yeah. Okay, thanks for the clarification. Is that it? Okay. Other questions? Just um, uh, on 35, uh, again, is that... Um, the frequency is it going to be the same. It's going to be reduced to a half hour. Or? So 35 is already coming down the hill every 30 minutes from Scotts Valley and San Lorenzo Valley. And what you see happening right now as it comes down the hill is that it branches into two pale blue lines because half the service um, goes down Emmeline Street and half the service goes straight into right. town. So what we're doing is eliminating that Emmeline deviation so that all the 35s do the same thing. So we're not increasing the frequency to the valley, but it will be more regular and more reliable, and every bus will go in the same way. Other questions? Um, I have one uh, additional question. Director Pagler kind of got to it, but what are some of the specific tactics um, to make sure we reach out to the harder-reach populations? I'm thinking youth, um, monolingual Spanish speakers, so I don't know who can answer that. If, if we approve it today, we have three months, essentially, to notify the public, and, and we'll get going this afternoon. Um, but 
Well, we're we're gonna, we're planning to target a lot of at uh, bus stop information. So posted flyers, notices, translated, of course, in English and Spanish. Um, and I think we'll also uh, develop a roadshow, if you will, go to city councils, uh, any commissions that we can get in front of uh, for the next three months to make sure that the word is out there. In addition to the, the traditional avenues that we that we uh, disseminate our information at Metro, social media, our, our website, our uh, email list, et cetera. Um, we also have some new tools uh, where we can publish this information to Google Maps, to transit, so that people currently riding the bus that use those avenues will see uh, service notices pop up. Right, and perhaps some of those stakeholder groups that and I go back to the stakeholders. Some of those yeah, and so as we develop phase two, we're going to be going back and doing outreach and going back to the stakeholders. So it's another opportunity to say, here's what's coming phase one, by the way. Thank you. Director Downing. Um, a lot of people get their information just from the bus stop when mm -hmm. they're standing there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, you're going to be moving some stops and removing some stops. Um, mm. A few. Um, do you tend to, because I don't, I don't know myself, but do you tend to post something on that stop saying the stop's moving and um, so that people have enough notice? I know sometimes the bus stops, you know, don't have as much information as yeah, I think there's there's maybe th five bus stops that may be eliminated, eliminated. So for sure, we'll be posting notices many, there. Yeah, but we'll hear from whoever it is. <laughs> of course, yeah. and and for that individual, it's a big impact. Um, but we'll also plan to just post at every bus stop mm. where there's a service change. Thank you, mm -hmm. Director Atkin. I don't know if we usually do this, but given that the school's starting at UCSC fairly soon. We might think seriously about doing advertising um, with flyers at the bus stops, um, but also even paid advertising in agency press or something like that, yeah. because that's a huge target audience. And try to think about it. I mean, social media will reach some of them, and and that's also a group that will be very quick to think about using their phones to gather further information. So, posting stuff that says, "If you get on your phone, this is what you this is what you need to do" or something. But that seems like we don't usually purchase you know, like full-page ads and stuff, but that might be worth thinking about. That's a great idea. Thank you for that. And just to reiterate, so we have a process now where we, we post a laminate tie to every bus stop when there's a service change. So we're going to do the same thing. It's And every every route number change, every, every change you see on this map will have that posted. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Dr. Henderson and then Dr. Lind. So the end of the fall, or excuse me, the end of the fall quarter is December 15th. Is that a date that you're kind of targeting for this to go potentially live after that? December 21st. Thank you. And, and one other <laughs> uh, suggestion for our, um, you know, high school, middle school, if we, if, if information is sent to those schools, they can send the information back uh, out with parents. Yeah. And even some of the, uh, you know, we have the Ed Foundation or these types of things that will help disseminate that information. Yeah. And probably all of us in our communities may have a contact to be able to help with that if needed. Yeah. And then the other place I think we could hit is senior centers. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for those suggestions. Just a quick side note on the students. Uh, Youth Cruise Free is now over 400% increase year over year in ridership, which is double what it was uh, kind of when schools went on break. So the word is definitely getting out there through the schools. I, I let one of our high school students that's um, disadvantaged 
know about the free passes, and he was so excited and helped spread the word too. So I, I'm thrilled to see the increase for our students. Yeah, 400%. Clearly the word oh. is, is getting out there. Okay, if there aren't other questions at this point from directors, I'll open it up for public comment.